This is Reverend Charles Fenson. I'm the interim pastor at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa, California. This is the morning worship service. Our address is 2850 Fairview Road, Costa Mesa, California, 92626. Our website is pccov.org, and our Facebook page is pccov. And our email is info at pccov.org. We welcome you to this service. Our vision statement is that the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant is a Christ-centered community set free by grace and placed in our neighborhoods to serve and to invite all people into a wondrous relationship with God. God bless you as you worship with us.
people of God, good morning, friends in Christ. Welcome to worship. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant here in Costa Mesa. We're delighted to see you on this Mother's Day. So welcome all mothers. Welcome all women of the congregation. We're going to be fitting you in a few moments. So blessings. Visitors who are here this morning, Dick Clark, the Dick Clark, is here from Northern California. Raise your hand, Dick. Dick moved into Fairview Commons, Fairview Commons down the road. Uh, Gretchen's daughter, Linda, is here, also from Northern California. And Linda Susan White's daughter is here from Columbus, Ohio, but she's not a Buckeye. She's a Trojan. Fight on, fight on. And Scott Ewing's mother, Shirley, is here, right there. Welcome, Shirley. Welcome to these good people. Other people who are new to us. Blessings as we worship together. Uh, Bible studies all meet this week. Please see your uh, bulletins for all the um, item of the month is toys for Operation Christmas Child. We're in need of greeters, so please see Dorothy for that. And uh, Love Costa Mesa Citywide Serve Day is coming up May 18th, so please note your announcements in the bulletin. And where is Amy today? She's at Norwalk Presbyterian Church. There we are. Preaching is Amy. And who is preaching today in Costa Mesa? Sharon. So what am I doing here? <laughs> Making some announcements. Other announcements. There's a man in a vest here that would like to say a word. So please stand up, sir, and say a word to us. I have a microphone for you so you may be heard. Good morning. As you all know, one of the revenue streams we have here at uh, Costa Mesa Presbyterian Church of the Covenant is parking lot rentals. And uh, we have three weekends in a row coming up starting next weekend. Uh, we're asking for people to sign up in pairs for uh, stations uh, starting at 7.30 in the morning, going all the way to 6.30 at night, and they're three-hour shifts. So it's not a, a, a big deal. Um, Steve Burns has signed up with his grandsons probably. Um, I know that um, Elsie and Patty Ernest are taking a shift. Craig's taking a shift, I Craig think. Craig is going to yeah. be with a partner. And Elsie uh, and Patty carry weapons, so it's not a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, very. You too, if you sign up with me this morning, you too will be able to wear one of these stylish Louis Vuitton vests mm -hmm. that, that identify you as a member of the staff here. So please, uh, I'll be in the uh, fellowship hall after church. We'd like you to sign up for a shift. Rob's going to put together some kids for the, um, from the youth group. And uh, I know that some of you have done this before with me. Um, Phyllis Smith and I met in the parking lot. I know that doesn't sound right. I know, I know, I know. Well, <laughs> well we did. Thank right, right. You very much. Thank you, Elder Jeff. Other announcements? Um, beloved Carrie, do you have an announcement for us? Anything going on? Wonderful. Sign-ups for BBS. And BBS this year is on a weekend. 
It's the second weekend of July. 12 through 14. Okay. Other announcements? Please uh, stand and greet your neighbor in Christ. Bless them for wearing yellow today. Yellow is the color of the day. Please be seated, friends. Please be seated as our choir will call us to worship with the choral introit. We will ask the choir to return to their loft, lofty places, and uh, let, us, let us now worship God. Good shepherd, says the Lord. I know my own, and my own know me. My sheep hear my voice, says the Lord. I know them, and they follow me. O come, let us bow down before the Lord, our Maker, for the Lord is our God. We are the Lord's people, the flock that God. Shall we pray? Gracious God, as we gather into your nearer presence this morning in worship, We ask that the words of our mouths, the meditation of our hearts might be pleasing to you, O Lord. You are our good shepherd, and we on you depend. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Let us remain standing for our hymn of praise, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine.
please be seated and may we have all the boys and girls and students and young at heart come on up nice to see you Craig come on up good Carrie Everly Rob we're all here so today is the second Sunday of May and that would be Mother's Day Mother's Day um, what is a mother what is a mother a nurturer oh wow you got right to it a nurturer hold on to that thought so you all have moms are your moms out here not anymore me too but moms in heaven see your, do you see your moms out here anyone how about a grandmother so Craig said that a mother is a nurturer that means someone who what takes care of us and like what do they do they feed us food okay and they give us clothes to wear advice counsel good good so if you were to describe your mother in one word what would you say funny. yes funny. funny okay yes caring yes patient, patient. Ooh. smart, smart. <laughs> one word thoughtful so smart caring thoughtful nurturing loving. loving mothers you know we often think of God as our father and that's true but in the Bible God is talked about as our nurturer one who is like a mother to us Psalm 131 but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like a weaned child that is with me. So God is our nurturing God. God gives us protection. God gives us food. Give us this day our daily bread. bread. Yeah. So think about your mothers. Think about your grandmothers. Think about the way God has nurtured you through them and how God continues to nurture you by giving you food clothing shelter protection love mom's BFF what is that best friend forever, best friend forever. okay let's pray together Lord, we thank you for our mothers. We thank you for our grandmothers. We thank you for all of those who have nurtured us in our way, um, in our journey, in our walk of life. Uh, we need to thank them and honor them this Mother's Day. 
But we thank you most of all that you nurture us and you love us and you walk with us. So uh, thank you for your own loving, nurturing hand in our lives. So keep us in your care this day, and may we celebrate our moms. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, off to your activities, classes, good things going on today? Sure. Okay. Yes. And uh, I just want to thank all your mothers. I no longer have my mother anymore, but there's so many nurturers in this church that have nurtured me mm. and loved me as I am. Good and bad. So I just thank you so much. A lot of my heart. God bless. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Elder Corey Allen has a moment for pastor nominating committee. Good morning, church family, and happy Mother's Day to all of us. I'm blessed to be a mother and grandmother of eight. Um, Good morning. Um, I'm Corey Allen, a few of you don't know, and I have been blessed to be one of 10 PCC Uh, members to be on the PNC committee. This journey has been very rewarding and inspiring for me. Just a little background on how we got here. Um, On April 24th, about a year ago, Session voted to have the nominating committee begin the process in searching for members to fill the pastor nominating committee. Which, could, which would consist of 11 members from across the section, section of the congregation, which has occurred. May 10th, a month later, the extra edition of the May Covenant Call provided the congregation with the results of the Holy Cow study, which we were all part of. Remember, remember the lunch, remember how we all just worked so hard, uh, which continued the process for the search for a new pastor. The PNC committee has been meeting weekly since that time. It's a long haul. They have worked hard and diligent. The work has not been limited to the time spent in meetings, but also included individual time, times outside the meetings through each week, following the guidelines that were established by PCUSA. Through this process, the PC established the duties and responsibility of a potential new pastor for PCC, and the goals that this ministry would be established, were established. Do you have any idea of all, what all our pastor do for us? Um, most importantly, they preach the word by preparing sermons and appropriate liturgy. They, administrate, they administer the sacraments each month. PCC pastors officiate at weddings, baptisms, funerals, memorial services, as required. They work side by side with the worship committee and staff in planning special events related to the liturgical year. A pastor provides pastoral and visitation care by visiting members who are in the hospital or nursing home or as well as those who are homebound. How many of you have had the blessing of having one of our pastors visit, visit you during this time of need? They also provide personal care to persons in crisis or significant life changes and promote with spiritual guidance. Our, our pastors provide church leadership and administration to build a more effective church uh, organization by moderating and leading the session and its responsibility. They support the deacons 
which is moderated by, by Sharon, our parish associate. Our pastor is also the liaison and the staff resource for approximately 12 ministry teams and support teams, which include worship committee, spiritual formation, which is children's, student, and adults education committee, mission and outreach committee, finance and administration, communication, personnel, hospitality, facilities, music, working with the director of music at PCC. They serve as head of staff and supervise our church staff, lead discovery classes for new members who wish to join, and our pastor is also active and a responsible member of Los Rancho Presbytery. There are many more duties not listed, but this reminds us what an important job that we have to do in our search. As a committee, we have prayed that the decision about our final candidate would be unanimous and that we would pursue only those, that, that those candidates as God provided clarity. We are very close to, for the selection, as has been reported as we started with 107 applicants. The committee has listened two of the three final candidates preach at a neutral pulpit recently with one more applicant to go. This has been a lengthy journey, but our committee is convinced that God has special plans for Presbyterian Church of the Covenant here. It has been the PNC desire to be open to the Holy Spirit, judicious and united as we seek God's man for our church. The committee is grateful for your patience, your support, and your prayers. As we continue to move forward, it is our wish that the intensity of your prayer increase and that your prayers are intentional and specific to our task. When you plan to pray for the committee, please consider the following areas. That the committee continues to experience unity and clarity. That the next pastor and his family would hear a clear word from our God. That God gives each committee discernment as they evaluate these three candidates. And we also ask a special blessing for our current pastors Pastor Charles, Pastor Sharon, and Amy, while they continue to lead PCC in this interim period. We are excited to see what God has in store for us. And as Jesus said in Matthew 21, 22, and all things, whatever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Thank you.
are good, you are good, and there's nothing good in me. You are love, you are love, on display for all to see. You are light, you are light, when the darkness closes in. You are hope, you are hope, you have covered all my
There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free and my shame is To be over
One of our favorite moments in worship is coming to confession and assurance of God's grace because week after week we find the Gospel as we come with our sin to God. God assures us of forgiveness and goodness and grace. We're going to learn a little Greek word this morning. It's the word epi. Can you say that with me? Epi. It's translated still or yet. And it comes from Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that God proves His love for us that while we were epi, yet still sinners, Christ died for us. So we don't merit God's grace. We simply receive God's grace while we were epi. Still, yet, sinners. So let us call ourselves to confession. The proof of God's amazing love is this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Because we have faith in Him, we dare to approach God with confidence. In faith and penitence, let us now confess our sin before God and our neighbor. God, our Savior, You have promised eternal life for following the Good Shepherd, Your Son, Jesus Christ. In the confidence that You will not let us perish, we acknowledge that we are not worthy of Your care and do not follow Jesus as nearly as we should. Forgive our sins for His sake that we may rejoice with all the angels and martyrs around Your heavenly throne for salvation belongs to our God who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb. Amen. Hear, friends, the good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Know that we are forgiven, and be at peace. Amen. Amen. Shall we rise for the Gloria?
Cornell and Choir for that wonderful intro into today's message. The fourth Sunday of Easter is referred to as Shepherd Sunday, which is why you're seeing all these references to sheep and shepherds today, and why you're seeing me up here too, because you all know how I feel about sheep and shepherds. Our scripture this morning continues where last week's left off. Jesus had appeared to some of his followers for the third time since his resurrection. They had gathered by the Sea of Galilee, and Peter suggested they go fishing. The disciples were kind of at loose ends, unsure of what it all meant to them. What were they to do now? Go back to fishing? Perhaps because that had been a familiar thing for them to do, or maybe they just wanted a quiet place to think over recent events. They were fishing when Jesus saw them. Jesus appeared on the shore and even cooked them breakfast. Although so happy to see the master that he leaped out of the boat to swim for shore, Peter must have had many thoughts and feelings going through his mind. Jesus knew that. So we'll read from John 21. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. A second time, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go where you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. Now our second reading is that very familiar 23rd Psalm in the old, old uh, translation with all those quaint, wonderful words. And so I'd like to invite you to say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. 
He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Gracious God, hear your words spoken this morning, and may our hearts receive them, and may our minds use them in our own lives as we are the sheep of your hand. Amen. Okay. Have you ever done anything that you regretted? <laughs> I guess that's a yes. Something you felt very bad for having done. I think most of us have. And we know how hard it is to face the one that we have wronged. As Peter sat around that campfire eating breakfast, all right, okay, we know what was on his mind and what he was remembering. Peter had been very close to Jesus throughout his ministry. He may have been bold, brash, and impetuous, but he was devoted to the master. When they gathered for the final Passover meal together and Jesus began to wash their feet, he at first refused. But once he understood what Jesus was telling them about servanthood, he then responded, essentially, well, then wash my whole body. In the garden, he is the one who cut off the soldier's ear Earlier that evening, as they ate their meal, he was the one who loudly proclaimed to all, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Though all become deserters because of you, I will never desert you. None of the others made such a promise. It must have been hard then to hear when Jesus responded, I tell you, Peter, the cock will not crow this day until you have denied three times that you know me. And later in the courtyard, Peter denied his Lord three times. And the cock crowed. And Peter wept bitterly out of grief and sorrow for what he had done. Now on the beach... He's about to face again. That's not what I want. <laughs> okay, leave it there. He's about to face again the one he denied. It is like the elephant in the room. It's on both of their minds. And Jesus calls Peter to walk with him 
on the beach. John seems to be nearby. Jesus starts the conversation. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? This question is a bit ambiguous. What is meant by these? Is he asking, do you love me more than you love the other followers? Do you love me more than the others do? Or do you love me more than you love your fishing life, the boats, the crew, the equipment? Since Peter had declared his devotion to the Lord as more intense than any of the others, we will assume he is affirming that yes, he does love Jesus more than the others do. So he responds, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He may have wondered if the Lord doubted his love after his denials. Jesus quietly replied, Feed my lambs. But then Jesus asks again, Simon, do you love me? Is this some kind of a test? This time Peter answered more emphatically, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You can almost hear the pain in his voice. Can the master forgive him for what he has done? Then he is told, Tend my sheep. For a third time, Jesus asks, Simon, son of John, do you love me? By now, Peter is frustrated and as the passage states, hurt, that Jesus is asking him again. Doesn't he believe him? What must he say or do to convince him? He really did love him more than words could say. Again, he answers even stronger, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. We can feel his pain. And Jesus says simply, feed my sheep. N.T. Wright tells of having a dinner guest who insisted on helping clean up in the kitchen. Distracted momentarily, he dropped and shattered a delicate, irreplaceable piece of crystal. He was mortified and wanted to make things better, but did not know how. The Wrights were saddened to have lost this heirloom, but invited their friend to dinner again. No one mentioned the incident. The elephant was in the room. But after the meal, they invited their guests to help in the kitchen again. By that simple gesture, without words, he knew then that his hosts were very aware of his remorse and had forgiven and restored him to his former status. Jesus knew what was going on in Peter's mind, and he knew how repentant Peter felt. He didn't pretend that the incident had not happened. He also does not preach or condemn or retaliate. He responds with tenderness. By asking him three times to declare his love, he is giving him a new opportunity to be asked and to affirm his love and his relationship to Jesus. 
three times denied, three times affirmed. Without actual apology or words of forgiveness, Peter is forgiven and restored. Jesus truly did know what was in his heart. Peter's painful denials are removed, and the Lord is restoring him to his place among the disciples and giving him tasks to do because he trusts him. There's no need to verbally state, I forgive you. This becomes one of the if-then passages. If this is true, then this is expected. If you love me, then this is what you are to do. This is how you are to show it. Jesus wanted to know if he was ready to give himself in love to God's people. Feed my lambs. Oops. It's not. No. Okay, go back. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. The continuation of Jesus' work must go on. In the Gospel of John, there are four chapters, sometimes referred to as the final discourse, where Jesus is trying to tell the disciples all he wants them to know so they can continue his ministry when he is no longer physically present. Peter is a big part of that future. By hearing Peter's vows of love, Jesus restores him to a full fellowship and commissions him to go forward as he becomes a leader in the pastoral ministry of the church. On that final evening, Jesus had taught, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Peter was told to put his love into practice, into action, by feeding and tending Jesus' sheep. Jesus is reminding Peter of what it means to love Jesus. If you love me, then care for my sheep as I have. Jesus' simple follow me is an invitation to discipleship. Peter's commissions to feed the sheep and to follow Jesus are based on his love for Jesus. To love Jesus is to pattern one's life according to Jesus' life. Words of love are matched with a life of love and service. When Peter answered, yes, I love you, three times, he was pledging his life in service. When Jesus first called Peter and James and John, they were fishermen. Jesus offered them the opportunity to fish for people, not fish, to go with him spreading the good news and evangelizing. Now he is asking him to be a shepherd with different responsibilities. You might say Peter has been sent out to minister to God's people by hook or by crook. 
So what did Jesus mean when he asked Peter to care for the sheep? He used the words tend and feed, and he used lambs and sheep. He covered all the care of all the sheep. He was asking Peter to be a shepherd as he had been. To look at a shepherd's task, we refer to the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. My shepherd is there, caring for me. For a sheep to be able to lie down in green pastures means to have food. To be led beside still waters means to have something to drink. To be led in right paths means that danger is avoided and proper shelter is attained. In short, God restores my soul, or better translated, God keeps them alive. The sheep lack nothing because the shepherd provides the basic necessities of life, food, drink, shelter. Thus the psalmist professes that his life, like the sheep, depends solely on God. What is ultimately comforting is the assurance that God is in charge and that God's powerful presence provides for our lives. It states clearly, for thou art with me. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. The love of God as the shepherd is the all-encompassing love that he is referring to. What do little lambs and sheep need? The children, new believers, those with special needs. Little helpless lambs new to the world need everything. They need to be protected from their enemies. They need to be protected from their own missteps. They need food and water and safe rest. Jesus was intent that not one of his sheep be lost, especially the little lambs new to the faith. Sheep don't always make good choices. They need to be carefully taught lest they go astray or follow someone else. They need to be fed the word of God so that it can nourish them and help them grow in their faith. They need to be led to safe pastures where they can gather in fellowship with other believers. All of the sheep need spiritual nourishment. In John 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The Gospel of Mark defines Jesus' motivation for having compassion on the crowd, saying, they were like sheep without a shepherd. These are the sheep that may be lost. They need to be tended and fed and brought into the fold. These are some of the sheep Jesus is commissioning Peter to care for, just as he did. The final words of the Gospel of Matthew are, I am with you always to the end of his age. 
following his command to make disciples of all nations. God intends for God's household to include the ends of the earth. Jesus said, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. Jesus needed someone to shepherd them and bring them into that fold. He chose Peter as the first under-shepherd. Dear Peter, so very human, so like us, Jesus knew his heart and his love and trusted him to gather and tend the sheep. But the need is still there today. And Jesus is still needing someone to shepherd the flock, to feed the lambs, to tend the flock. Jesus is calling out to each one of us, follow me. How do we respond to that call? We see from Jesus' discussion with Peter that following and serving is done in response to love for God. If you love me, then... In 1 Peter, we read, Now as an elder myself and a witness to the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory to be revealed, I exhort the elders among you to tend the flock of God that is in your charge, exercising the oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you do it, not for sordid gain, but eagerly. We are simply invited to show our love for Jesus by loving others. This is a great privilege and a great responsibility. Paul later wrote to the Corinthians, let all that you do be done in love. Our deacons are a wonderful example of serving in love. Their individual groups of assigned members are referred to as flocks, and they faithfully feed the sheep and tend the lambs. Caring is a simple act, and we are all called to do it. Loving Jesus is at the heart of caring. If you love me, then... Mark Laverton, the president of Fuller Seminary, wrote... Each and all of God's people are called to live as followers of Jesus and to let it show in who we are and what we do. And we're invited to use our own gifts. We all have gifts. The disciple who Jesus loved is frequently mentioned, but not by name, and we assume that it's John. Some say John was the great one. He was chosen by Jesus to follow, and he followed him in teaching and preaching and writing what would become books of the Bible. Those were his gifts, and that was what Jesus called him to do. Later, we read of Paul, who traveled to the ends of the earth, spreading the word. Jesus had asked his followers to be fishers of people. Paul was doing just that. 
Now Peter is appointed caretaker of the people. They're not rivals thinking one's tasks are more important than another. They are on the same team, servants of the Lord. We may not think and write like John. We may not travel like Paul. But Jesus calls us to tend the sheep like Peter, and that we can do, each of us in our own way. Mother Teresa once said, you must find your own Calcutta. Feed the lambs and tend the sheep. Feed the lambs with the word of God. In this church, as leaders teach in Sunday school, lead Bible studies, minister to those who are shut in. They are feeding the sheep. At his prior appearance, Jesus told his followers, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Still today, Jesus is saying, Now I send you. I love that our young people deliver food bags each month. Because of their love for Jesus, nurtured in their classroom and in this congregation, they respond with love and truly go out to feed the sheep. Christian ministry is for all who process, profess a love for their Savior. Your ministry may be to read the prayer points in the bulletin and pray for each one. It may be to make a joyful noise in the choir and in so doing, feed the hearts of the listeners. It may be a phone call or a visit or a card to one who is alone. You may be a prayer warrior. It may be that you participate in some of our ministries, such as Harry's Pantry, or outreach in the community through Habitat for Humanity, or Operation Christmas Child. Each item you bring in for those boxes feeds a little lamb in a faraway place. VBS is coming soon. Many things are needed to make it successful. How can you help? How will you help? There are many ways to tend the flock. God's sheep are all around us. They are in the community. They come in the door here during the week, seeking to be fed. They're sitting in the pew next to you. We are all the sheep of God's hand. I like the final verse of when I survey the wondrous cross. It says, were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. We love because he first loved us. Now, I would like to place you in Peter's shoes for a few moments. And I am going to be the voice of Jesus, and you are going to respond. PCC, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. 
feed my lambs. PCC, do you love me? Tend my sheep. PCC, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. So let's do it. For the sake of our Lord, the one we as Christians say we love. Peter said it. Even we said it three times. So now, let's do as Jesus asked. Let us feed his sheep. Amen. God of all power, you called from death our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. Send us as shepherds to rescue the lost, to heal the injured, and to feed one another with knowledge and understanding through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now I invite you to stand and we shall sing the message we just received. seated. We have heard the gospel preached to us that God loves us in Christ as a shepherd loves sheep. So we respond now by bringing to God our morning tithes, gifts, and offerings, and our ushers will please wait upon us.
seated. Let us bow together in prayer. Creator of life, living Word of God, enlightening and enlivening Spirit, 
We come into your sanctuary this morning through the door of Christ. In your presence we feel calm and safe because of the shepherding love you have offered all the world through Jesus Christ our Lord. You are shepherd God who creates the fold. You are shepherd God who goes out to seek the lost sheep. You are shepherd God who draws the flock together. God Most High, You have commanded us to pray no less for others than for ourselves. Hear now our intercessions in the name of Christ our Lord. Today bless the church and the people of Christ here and everywhere. Grant that all ministers and teachers of the Gospel being led by the Spirit may lead others in the true and living way. As Your Son Jesus Christ, when He was in the world, was the light of the world, so now may the church be the light of the world indeed. A city built on a hill that cannot be hid. In our individual lives, may we follow the Christ in whom we profess to believe that as His disciples we may never walk in darkness, but may have the life and light of the Spirit. So let that light shine also in our political activities that we may influence government and public agencies toward justice and good faith, so that our nation and the nations of the world may live together in mutual respect and peace. Compassionate God, read the names written on our own hearts, the members of our own families and our own friends for whom we are especially concerned. Hear our prayers for them and do for them as you know best. As faithful friends, our life-saving medicine, send us also to those who are friendless and depressed. As you are everywhere present, stretch out your gentle hand to touch the sick in body and in spirit. Relieve those in pain. Strengthen those who are weak. Cheer those who are despairing. And give to the dying sure hope in your promise of everlasting life. As our Muslim brothers are entering this holy season of Ramadan, may we reach out to them with the love of Christ in word and in deed. Bring them to a saving faith, O God. So, eternal God, we rejoice with those who have received their desire to depart and be with Christ for that better life without sin and suffering, and bring us in our own time to the passage from life through death to that better life in sure and certain faith in the living Christ who promises to be with us always. And to You, fatherly, brotherly, motherly God, be all esteem and love by all Your children on earth and in heaven. We pray and worship through Christ our Lord who has taught His people to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
Please rise as we sing our hymn of commitment, Living for Jesus.
Jesus said, come, follow me, tend my sheep, care for those lambs. We've all professed our love for Jesus. So if we love Jesus, then we are asked to show that love in all that we do. So as you go forth today, know that you're called to help shepherd the flock. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the shepherd, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you today and every day. Amen.
This is Pastor Charles Fenson again, and we invite you at any point to come and worship with us here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa. We trust that God has been honored by this worship service and that you have been blessed. God be with you.